Welcome to Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'm your host, Sass Petherick, and this is episode number 48, Confidence is a Consequence. Well, hello, lovely people. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent me their messages about last week's episode, about this new format of many more one-to-one kind of uh, conversations with just me on the podcast. I'm kind of learning a bit more about podcasting, about how to you know, do all the technical stuff around it. I, I quite like that. I have an inner geek that is uh, enjoying that process. So um, yeah, it's kind of, it feels like I'm going pro. <laughs> so <laughs> we will see how, um, how long that feeling lasts. But um, I am enjoying writing these episodes and recording them for you. So uh, stay listening. I think this season is going to be our best yet. And I guess, you know, as a consequence of this feeling of going pro, um, this episode has kind of come out of that experience. I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, my week, my interesting, interesting week where I'm actively marketing my new program. It's called Sovereign State of Mind, and it's a 30-day coaching intensive for business owners who have self-doubt. And it's been really interesting just observing myself in this process of marketing because marketing has always sparked up my self-doubt. It's the one place in my business where I have the most kind of vulnerability. And usually the voice in my mind says something like, stop bugging people. So for years and years, I sort of wrestled with these two parts of me. One part who just wanted to say to everybody, hey, I made you this thing and I put so much thought into it and it's an expression of my heart and my brain and I really think it can help you and this is amazing, let's work together. And then there was this other part of me, the sort of more self-doubty part of me, that would say things to me like, would you stop wanging on about your work? stop bugging people. If you were any good, everyone would just know about your work. If this was meant to be, it wouldn't feel so crunchy. And I would have these kind of unrealistic expectations of of success, right? What success felt and looked like, which usually meant it just sells out in the first hour and then nothing awful is required of me. I don't have to kind of be vulnerable in you know, continuing to sort of say, hey, let me tell you a bit more about it and help you to make the decision about if this is the right thing for you. So it always felt like these two parts of me were tussling the whole time, which felt quite dreadful. And my marketing tended to reflect that that sort of mixed feelings. It was either wildly enthusiastic or quietly apologetic. And my results were also a bit mixed. But when I began to understand just how self-doubt works, how it protects us by trying to hold us back from risk, I I learned how to take much better care of myself during this process and how to sort of set myself up in a way that this worked for me, how to take action even when it feels a bit edgy. And behind the scenes, like this week, there has still been a tiny bit of crunchiness but I also feel just so much better equipped to support myself. So when I'm marketing now, I'm doing it from a place that just feels much cleaner, much more coherent. I'm less attached to the outcome. Right? It just feels a bit drama-free. It's a bit softer, easier. And 
you know, I'm recording this a couple of days after I started marketing and it's almost half sold out. So sovereign state of mind, business owners with self-doubt. If this sounds like you, do not dilly-dally. <laughs> Go check it out, sasspetherick.com backslash sovereign. And I guess this is a, a segue into what I really wanted to share with you today. That, that confidence, the confidence I'm feeling around my marketing is a consequence of other things, of other experiences, other behaviors, other very intentional ways of being with this vulnerability that I have felt for, for years around marketing. So I wanted to share with you kind of exactly what that process has looked like for me. And I'm doing this in a very kind of agnostic way. So it's not about marketing. This is about how to develop confidence. Now, little sidebar, if you follow my work closely, you'll probably notice that I don't ever use the word confidence. I much prefer self-belief. And <laughs> this is probably going to sound a bit weird, but it's because I think... Um, for me, some words have sort of personalities, right? And I don't like that confidence has the word con in it. I think for me, confidence feels a bit like acting as if. It's a sort of fake it till you make it type of thing. And I've met and worked with a lot of people over the years, particularly men, who would be described as naturally confident. But for me, they kind of presented as this brash, sort of at times arrogant person. So I've always associated confidence with that kind of assholery, for want of a better phrase. So we all make our meanings, right? Um, so this episode is the exception to the rule of not using the word confidence, but it is in service of alliteration. There's lots of C words today. So I hope you will understand. Okay, enough digression. So a lot of people will ask me during interviews, on podcasts and in magazines and whenever I'm sort of talking about my work, how can I just feel more confident right now? Like, give me the top tip. What is the secret? And I totally understand why people ask this, but I think it's the wrong question. And I think it's because we have the entire concept of confidence a bit upside down. So most of us want to feel more confidence so we can do and say what we want to do and say. So it can sound a bit like if I was more confident, I would totally wear that frock or I would say yes to that project at work, even though it means working with Bernard from accounts. I would pitch my work to that magazine, that brand. If I was more confident, I would totally ask her out. So we have this kind of imaginary version of ourselves of who we would be if we had more confidence. Most of us have an idea of what might be possible for us, how much more awesome our lives would be if we just had the right amount of confidence. But what most of us don't realize is that confidence is a consequence. It never comes first. So the idea that we would just feel more confident and do the thing is the wrong way around. So I want to talk you through the right way around or how I see the right way around. And like I shared with you in the last episode, 
I like to picture concepts as images. Like usually I, I find a way of making sense of a concept in my mind and it and it kind of represents something. Um, so the way I make sense of confidence is through a pyramid. So a three-dimensional triangle, which you may want to just picture in your mind. And there are five layers on top of each other, like building blocks. Now confidence is the final block at the top of the pyramid. It's what we end with. It's a consequence of the layers beneath it. So let's go back to the bottom and climb this metaphorical pyramid of confidence together. Now the first building block might surprise you, but it is confusion. That's usually our starting point. Whenever we are trying something new, Whenever something new is required of us, we usually begin in a place of some confusion. It's the sort of mixed feelings we might have, a feeling of being a bit topsy-turvy inside. So confusion can sound like, I don't know what I want. I have no idea how to do this. I don't know what the right choice is. I don't know what I'm doing. It can feel a bit like brain fog. You sort of feel a bit in the weeds, maybe overwhelmed or disoriented, not knowing where to start. You might have difficulty concentrating. There's a feeling of kind of chaos. This might sound familiar to some of you. So confusion tells us to hide, to wait. Wait until we feel ready. Wait until the answer comes. And usually we just want someone else to tell us the answer, right? Hence the question, how can I feel more confident now? But that's confusion. It's a bit of a party in our brain. And the important thing to know is that this is normal, right? Like we were discussing last week in episode 47 about the infinity loop of sameness and difference. When we start to move into difference, we enter a place of confusion. We don't really know who we are in that. We don't really know what's expected of us. But the first time we do something... We have no idea what to expect. Of course we feel confused. That's just because there is no neural pathway in our brain yet for what to do. It's a very normal and understandable experience that we're having on a kind of neurobiological level, but it just feels crappy because we don't know what to do. If we didn't feel confused, we wouldn't know that we needed to do something. Now, many of us will run away from that confusion, right? We'll find some distraction, some comfort, uh, some way that we avoid having to feel that difficult, brain foggy confusion. And it might be that you kind of go along with what other people want because it's easier. But at some point, you realize you don't want to stay in confusion and because you are listening to this podcast, my assumption is you are interested in your own life and how to feel better about it, how to be in it, how to like yourself and the life you are creating. So we've got to, at some point, decide we're going to do something different. And that's the first step to stop feeling confused. We move up the pyramid to the next C layer, which is commitment. You decide something. And honestly, it doesn't matter what you decide, right? The confusion is trying to keep you in that place of not knowing what to do. 
But actually deciding is the first step, making our commitment to something. And it's unlikely to feel good because there's no guarantees. We have no idea what's going to happen if you decide that. And if this is something new, if you're committing to a new job, a new way of doing things, a new habit, you are in new territory. You've never done this before. So it's fraught with psychological risk. This means your protective self-doubt is going to start freaking out. Right? Commitment almost always leads to doubt, worry, fear. This is normal. It is supposed to happen. Self-doubt is setting off this internal alarm that's there to warn you of the potential psychological risk. And that alarm sounds different for everyone. It's very personal. So you may hear a sort of voice in your mind. You might experience body sensations, memories of the past can flash into your mind, or you might imagine predictions of the future, often a worst case scenario. But however this alarm presents to you, it's going to be triggered by commitment because you are narrowing down from all the possibility that's available when you're in confusion. Right? Confusion is kind of amazing for your self-doubt because you aren't moving forward. You're just in this bubble of options, but you aren't taking any steps forward. So you're not exposing yourself to any psychological risk. But when you commit to something, when you decide, there will be risk, right? And one or more of the big seven will present in some way. And the big seven risks, the big seven psychological risks are rejection, conflict, success, judgment, failure, complexity, and disappointment. Now, this is when we need courage, the next C, the next layer, layer number three of our five-layer pyramid. Now, there's a lot of talk about courage and how bloody amazing it is, right? Whenever you see courage mentioned in an inspirational quote, it's this incredible quality that we kind of nobly embody. And I think what we don't tend to think too much about is that courage feels like ass, right? Courage doesn't feel good. We need courage because we are in the place of fear, of worry, of self-doubt. We need courage when everything in us is saying, don't do that, you might hurt yourself. But if you can use that courage to fuel yourself to keep going, it will pay off. Just don't expect it to feel simple or easy or importantly, safe. It might be that you resent the necessity for courage. It can feel a bit exhausting. Generating courage on purpose is a, an amazing life skill. It's such a gift to give yourself, but it's hard, dull work, right? It's the courage to be pretty crap at something that you're just learning. It's the courage to risk people offering you feedback about their thoughts, right? It's doing something that is not your preference because that courage in the moment will have a longer-term payoff. So just to recap, the first layer of the pyramid, the bottom layer, is confusion. And we'll move out of confusion to commit to something, the second layer. 
that will require us to create courage because all the doubt and fear and worry and reasons to quit are going to bubble up. And this is not linear. It's not a straight line to the top, right? We'll go around in a few loops often. But if you can keep going anyway, right, if you don't quit, and that, I think that's just the, the really important part of this, is it doesn't matter how messy this process is, how many times you kind of go up and down those first few layers of the pyramid, what will happen is you'll start to develop a capability. And that is the next layer of the pyramid. Capability requires commitment. It requires courage because it it takes a habit. We have to do something a few times, maybe a few dozen, even a few hundred times before we feel capable. No one feels capable on the first try, right? But as you begin to build a new behavior, a new way of thinking, as you experiment with doing something different, with making some change in your life, you will meet yourself, right? You'll face some failure and probably disappointment. And there may be some conflict as you make changes. You may be judged, even rejected. You'll be adding some complexity to your life. And there might be success that has its own consequences. But all of these risks are no longer theoretical possibilities. This becomes your average Tuesday. But this is the big, the big win. Once you've experienced these risks, they're no longer theoretical possibilities. You've felt into them. You've seen who you are when you are inside of those risks. So you've developed a capability, not just in what change you're making in your life or the new thing you are doing. You are developing a capability around your own internal expansion. You know more about yourself. You know that you can choose to move out of confusion. You can commit. You can embrace courage and find ways to generate it for yourself. And you can keep going until you develop a new capability. And this, my friends, is when you reach the top of the pyramid. This is when confidence becomes available to you. Right? It's a consequence of everything else that has gone beforehand. Confidence doesn't come before we do the thing. It comes after. So that is my slightly long answer to how do I get comfortable with marketing, right? And it's also my answer to how do I get over self-doubt? How do I feel confident right now? What's your top tip? My answer is the truth, but it is unpopular and horrible, which is do the thing you are avoiding that you know you need to do. Do the thing that you believe you can't do. And it will feel awful, but if you keep going, you will amaze yourself. Okay, lovely people, if you are a business owner with self-doubt, go check out Sovereign State of Mind. To everyone else, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you being here and I adore your iTunes reviews. Please do rate and subscribe to the podcast. Tell everyone you know about it and you'll get on my Christmas card list. (laughs) Oh, C word, too soon. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I will see you next time.